0: Thank you for joining me today and welcome. I am Barbara Savin, your spiritual warrior coach, and I am here to help you reclaim your energy, your power, and your authentic self. And for those of you that may not know me, I am a certified clinical and medical hypnotherapist, Reiki master and teacher, life coach, energy healing specialist, and best-selling author of Gentle Energy Touch, The Beginner's Guide to Hands-On Healing. desires because one day the world will tap you on your shoulder and say this is your time to shine and speaking about shining I have a very special guest with me today and being I'm having challenges um, pronouncing her last name I'll let her do it later <laughs> her name is Dr. Karen and she is a public school principal and um Karen Karen, rather, I'm sorry, see, we did that wrong too. <laughs> Karin is a well-respected international influencer on helping kids live happier, healthy lives. You know, she has touched the lives of thousands of families in multiple states with her ability to connect and help children experience success from challenging behaviors. And with a doctorate in educational le- leadership, and nearly 20 years of experience in education as a teacher, assistant principal, and now principal, she is highly regarded as an educational game changer. Karen's Karen's insights (laughs) have been featured in various media outlets, including the Washington Times and Delaware State News, and heard in multiple speaking engagements internationally, such as the Delaware Policy and the Practice Institute. Boy, I'm having little challenges today with my words. (laughs) And the Practice Institute, and as far-reaching as India, and as an empowered coach, Karin provides a framework for parents who feel helpless when their child is experiencing many challenging problems at school or at home to experience the happy life that they always dreamed of having through utilizing her revolutionary problem-solving approach. So welcome, Karen. And how are you? <laughs> Boy, it's one of those tongue tied tight days. Thank you,
1: Barbara. It's okay. We'll blame it on my husband since his last name. No.
0: know. Yeah. But how do you pronounce your last name? It's <laughs> Djekabowski. Thank you. Well, you know, <laughs> As a Brooklyn person, you, we, we change the vowels here and there.
1: And at school, I tell the kids, you can just call me Dr. J. Although sometimes the kids get it better than the adults. It cracks me up. <laughs> <time>. <laughs> wow.
0: So how, how did you get started uh, becoming a teacher, assistant principal, a principal?
1: Well, you know, it's funny. As, as a child, I would set up my stuffed animals in my room and I had this little chalkboard And I would pretend like I was teaching them at a young age. I mean, I think I was like seven, eight years old. So I um, was practicing even then. Uh, But then as I got older and when I was in college, I um, went to a Bible school at our church right after high school. So I didn't start college, uh, public college right away. And I was working part time at a hotel in their fitness center in in the city of Wilmington. And all these lawyers and engineers would come in, and they'd be like, "What are you studying?" And I would make it up. I'd be like, "I'm going to be an engineer one day," just because I wanted to hear their pros and cons to it. And then oh, okay. the next day, I'd be like, oh, "I'm going to be a lawyer," and I'd hear all their you know pros and cons. And they they were like, "Oh, you know, there's en- women engineers. There's there's limited of them in the field, and you can make a lot of money." I was like, "Great! I want to make a lot of money because we just grew up within our means." So yeah, that sounded great. Um, but then I ended up working in the business office at the hotel. And mm-hmm. after eight hours every day of sitting in front of a computer, I came just was thinking to myself like, wait, I want to do this for the rest of my life. For what? Like, what is this going to amount to? And what company would I make any difference in at the end of my life? And there was an opportunity to volunteer in my church, uh, private school in first grade in math, like one hour a week. I, I can't even remember why they needed help but t- today. It just sounds like ridiculous, but somehow I, I started doing it and an experienced teacher came in one day and was like, you know, you have like this natural, like gift to work with the kids. And I was like, really? Cause I was just doing what I, you know, just doing my best. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, And it was from that point on that I realized that I wanted to give back to kids because I had so many teachers in my life growing up who had contributed to really forming who and shaping who I had become. That when I thought of what I would be at the end of my life, to me, looking back, it would be to give to kids oh, wow. what had been instilled in me all those years by my teachers. And so it's funny because even when I was a teacher, I never thought of myself as like the best educational teacher, instructional, you know, you know top, of, top of the game. But what I was really good at was encouraging kids and supporting them and helping them see themselves even more than who they were today. And then I just was became an aspiring uh, principal. And so I went to school, I got my doctorate. And then when I was an assistant principal, actually as a teacher, I had some really difficult kids that I just couldn't figure out. Like one would hide under my coat rack. I couldn't pull him out. I wouldn't know what triggered it. I wouldn't know what, what would help him get past that instance. So some of the behaviors I saw as a teacher really kind of, you know how they say like, those are the ones that keep you up at night. And -hmm. I, no matter how much the behavior coach worked with me and them, I just never felt like I got the successes like I wanted. And, and, and the kids were just so, so, so unique when you just kind of got into their minds. Like I would give up my lunchtime just to sit with them and eat with them and and connect with them to just try to figure out how can we help you do this thing we call school, right? Like we got to do it, but somehow it's not the traditional way. You're just coming in like 98% of the kids. And, and so I was even at, As a teacher, I was just really seeking and searching and kind of really felt at a loss because I felt like I really couldn't figure out what it would take to help them be 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 a success and like I say, do school. And so when I was an assistant principal, of course, I get all the kids that get in trouble, and then you're sitting there, like, how are you gonna like fix them in a sense, you know? Or so many times you just, you know, are you gonna suspend them? Like the teachers would get frustrated and and um. And I have a very, I'm very positive by nature. I see the glass half full. (laughs) And when I was growing up, sometimes I did bad things as a kid, but I always felt like I was bad. And I never liked that feeling. And so as an assistant principal, when the kids would come to me and they were bad, I never made them feel worse because I knew what that was like as a kid and I didn't like that. And so early on, I learned an approach through um, Dr. Ablon out of Harvard, um, Massachusetts General Hospital. And he has a program called Think Kids where it's a collaborative problem solving approach where you use uh, a certain tone of voice and empathetic voice and questions to really elicit from that child like what's really going on and as I learned that process and tried it over the years I started seeing success with kids in their most challenging moments than I'd ever experienced as a teacher and how I was frustrated all that time so that's kind of like a little bit of how I got into this work.
0: Wow so I know for myself I did crazy things also as a child but the teacher actually would yell at us, and and back in my days, they would hit us with the ruler. So um, and then now you 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 felt shameful, you were guilty that you did something bad, and there was all this emotions that came up, and it really I would say for quite a while played on me, you know, did uh, harm until I realized it, you know, just behave and all of that won't happen. But then of course we all behave and misbehave. So let, let me ask you, how would you handle a, a child that has like a, a real challenge? Because I know some of them are, can be really disruptive in class.
1: Yeah, so when a kid gets in trouble, one of the first things that I learned over the years was not to talk to them when they are upset, they're crying uncontrollably that is not the time i'm going to talk to them which sometimes is is reverse of what you think because oftentimes the kid gets in trouble maybe they're on the playground they did something wrong they get sent to the principal's office and they're so upset and the teacher sends them to the office because that kid needs to know what they did is wrong and that's how serious it is and i just wait and it's really hard for us to just wait or sometimes we would have lunch after recess and, and it would feel frustrating on the teacher's part. And I get it, but mm-hmm. I would let them go eat lunch. And, and, and most times, you know, people feel like, no, they should just sit in there till they get it straight. Or we, de- we decide what, what the consequence is going to be. Um, but you, the, the, the most important lesson I've learned is not to talk to kids in that high emotionally stressed moment. And that's hard to to learn, practice, and and implement because sometimes you're you get frustrated um, as a parent, you know, you're in the heat of the moment, or you gotta get out the door and your kid is, you know, having a tantrum and your blood's pumping and you know your boss needs you at work at a certain time. So, you know, you got your stressors and and you're just like, Come on, let's go. And sometimes it has to be a come on, let's go. But whenever the kid does something. I say unexpected. I like using that word because bad, wrong, misbehave. Sometimes kids are like misbehave. Like, what does that really mean? But wow, that was a little unexpected. I like to use and and they're just like, oh, so uh, I, someone taught me this early on to use the phrase when they're calm and in control of their body. And I'll say that to the kid, you know, you don't look calm and in control of your body. We're just going to wait a few minutes. Um, and, and we'll come back to this, you know? And I just let them sit. I leave them in my peripheral vision. I don't like stare at them, but I, I, I make sure I can like see them if, if, if they were in the office or I let them go to lunch and come back and oh, you look calm and in control of your body. Awesome. And then you start with an approach, something simple like, um, you say, like, you know, I noticed or I heard most of the time as it was, I heard, I heard that you kicked Johnny on the playground, and you use a very even tone. I call it the elevator tone of voice. Mm-hmm. It's got that no emotion. I mean, inside you might be like, Arr! but um, moms just try this for me. Just talk to them like you're on the elevator, like, hey, how was your day? Like you'd say to somebody on the elevator, hey, I heard, you know, and as parents, you're gonna hear from the teacher, you know. Johnny, you know, hit the kid or whatever happened and just use that same phrase. I heard that you, you hit Johnny today in school and you use this magic question. What's up with that? Very open-ended, no emotion in your voice, you are not talking down to them. They don't feel that like you're angry at me feeling, and it really like stuns them. And they don't know what to say. Most of the times they just shrug their shoulders at me. They say, I don't know. And it's really hard, but you just wait and you wait. Some more silence is so hard for us as adults. Okay, it was hard for me. I'll just—it was hard for me. Maybe it'll be easier for you. It's—it's it's <laughs> just so hard for me. Mm-hmm. And then you ask the question again, like, "I heard such and such. Like, what's up with that?" And they're not used to someone really opening up and listening right. to them. They're used to us coming in and be like, "I didn't teach you to do that. Why did you do that? How did you?" Blah, 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 right? It's okay, I'll, I'll use my—I'll use I again. I, I shouldn't assume every parent is like that. Um, so. And then what you do is if they say, I don't know, this is one of my favorite questions. You say to them, if you did know, what would you say? And they just stare at you like you have two heads because nobody ever talks to them like this. No, not at all. No. Eventually over time, they start coming out. And sometimes I have to add, there's no right or wrong answer because they're so afraid to get in trouble because
0: Mm
1: -hmm. nobody wants to get in trouble. And then that's the fear that they're stricken by. And when you and I are afraid, like I don't sometimes can't even tell you my first name because you just your freeze flight or fight mode takes over you and you're just like paralyzed. And this approach really de-paralyzes you. That's why it's so powerful. And I have seen kids, one kid who we thought peed on the bathroom wall, wouldn't admit to it. When I use this approach with him, the even tone of voice, no looking down on him through my voice or, 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 or any emotion on my part. He actually shared that he did it. I had him call his mom and tell her because when I called her, she wouldn't believe me. I wouldn't have believed. I mean, we all, you know, we're just would be horrified if, if, if our child did that and, and he did and he admitted to it, but he didn't feel the, I mean, yeah, he had a consequence and yeah, he had to you know, own up to that consequence and he went home, whatever his parents did. But um, there's a certain approach with a tone of voice, certain questions. And that's what I work on with parents um, to really help them because I believe I can help parents with this approach where they can see some successes where sometimes it feels like, oh my gosh, my kid has a meltdown and I don't know how to help them. My kid is struggling at school, behaviorally, academically, parents tell me, "and, and it keeps me up at night. I can't sleep. I don't think it has to be that way. But who do parents have to find to support them and help them be like, you're not alone. Mm-hmm. Here's a couple of strategies, strategies. I'm going to work with you till you feel the success. Wow. How, how exciting is that? Like, that's why this just invigorates me.
0: Well, that's, it's a miracle to have somebody like you. I wish I had someone like you back in my younger years, because back then it was all screaming like and yelling. I yeah. mean, it was like, and. And you got so flustered, and now you became actually combative, and it was nobody
1: wins,
0: yelling back and forth. No, yeah, and sad. the
1: relationship gets broken.
0: Well, that, and then you know, you're sent home for a whole week on, uh, you know, you have to leave school because you've been really bad. Right. Uh, do you notice, like, with your approach, children actually begin to change? Do they change their behavior?
1: You know, so I would have lunch when I was assistant principal (laughs) with all the high flyers of the behavior kids in the school. And I did that to connect with them Mm. because I knew I needed that relationship with them when I had to talk them through a difficult time. Um, And I noticed over time that they became more honest and open more freely when there was something they did wrong. Mm -hmm. But those are teachable moments. And unless kids were robots, like they're gonna do bad stuff. No, we don't like the calls from school when they get in trouble. But I think sometimes we hold high expectations over kids, and they're kids. They're gonna do things that are silly and stupid and unexpected, mm-hmm. and that's just part of being a kid. But if you can work through those things and they can learn from it in a healthy approach, and this is a very healthy approach that keeps your connection and relationship strong, positive, which is what we want with. Our kids and I went with my students, and the teachers went with their students, then no matter what they do or go through, it can have a positive outcome, no matter how bad and a challenging or unexpected behavior you did in my class. And I think there's so many more gains and benefits to that than a kid who does something bad, then it hurts their self-esteem, low self-confidence. Then you got a whole other host of issues. And it's like they were just a kid and they needed to learn from those teachable moments and. Yeah, I learned from them too, and they weren't always the best situations that I, you know, experienced. And um, that's why I love this whole positive approach. And then towards the end of this process, we look at maybe there's a skill that they just need help to build and learn, or maybe it's a problem to be solved. And then you go through, you know, there's steps in each direction of that that we work through with parents to help them um, get to the end that they really want, which is. Actually, at the end of this, the kids learn to become problem solvers, which is a skill for life. Yes. Mm-hmm. And when you start this process with them, they just stare at you like you have two heads because they're not used to problem solving. They're used to being just told what to do, how to do it. And that was wrong. Okay. Yeah. Now I knew that was wrong. Um, and I, there were things that I grew up with as a fear-based approach that looking back, I, I don't, I didn't like, and I don't agree with. And so I really flip it to a positive loving approach. And um, that's so rewarding. And at the end of the day the the parents would see just incredible changes from their kid. And we would see these kids change over time. And, And my whole premise is that I don't believe your child has to be defined by the mistakes they're making today. We can change the trajectory. They could either end up on that path or we can change it. And we have that power within us. And um, I love saying to parents, like, imagine your um, child is on a stage telling their story one day to thousands of people. And they say, I struggled with X, Y, and Z growing up. And and I was this kind of a kid, but my mom taught me some strategies or she helped guide me. And this is who I've become today. Like, how rewarding is that? And it can be, it can be like that. And so I'm so excited to share this with families.
0: Do you feel some schools are are actually getting these practices in motion?
1: Yes, there are um, resources out there like Heather Forbes. I just interviewed her on my podcast and she has a book Classroom 180 that comes from one of her books, Help for Billy that I used also with my staff several years ago, a very positive approach. Um, and I like logical consequences. I like using those with kids as well. And um, it's, it's very like you did this, so because you did that, this is the logical consequence for that action. And it, and it keeps out that punitive or that feeling of like, you were bad and, and you know, um, I'm better than you. I mean, not that we say that, but, but it, the kid just doesn't they, they, feel, they, yeah, yeah they, do, they do feel like they're bad. And, I, and I, I make an extra point with kids to say, you're not bad, because I felt that when I was a kid, what you did was unexpected. So I, I try to separate that because I don't think I felt that separation growing up and I don't want kids to feel that way. Um, yeah.
0: Does the same approach work for uh, for bullies, those being bullied, or those that are the bully?
1: So I use this approach as well, especially the even tone voice, the questions, and I and I I say, you know, so and so said, you did this, that or the other. What's up with that? I, I used the same reproach. And then, and, and nine times out of 10, Barbara, there's like a story behind a story. And I love what Dr. Gloria Gold says that she says in, in her book and I interviewed her and she said, behind every behavior, there's a story. And it's so true. And this process gets to the story because sometimes a kid would push through the classroom door and teach her how to upset calls for support, you know? And then when you sit after they're quiet and control their body, because they're just crying their eyes out because they know they're in trouble.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Hey, you know, I heard you barreled through the door and just knocked, almost knocked people over. Like, what's up with that? Well, my dad was rushing me through eating breakfast this morning and got mad at me and I couldn't finish. And he had a horrible morning. Morning, Mm -hmm. there's always
0: something. Mm -hmm.
1: There's always something. And if you use this approach, it's so beautiful because how, I always wanted to know why. And this process got to the more root of what was happening, that mm-hmm. sometimes it's not the first thing that the kid gets in trouble for at that moment. And I think that's so insightful because then you can start helping your child there. And when you're empathetic and you can show that empathy, like I said to that kid, wow, that's really tough. Oh, that must have really like, yeah, that, that, that doesn't feel good, does it? Like, you're just empathizing with them. And they're like, oh, someone starts to understand me, understand. you know, and then you can be like, all right, when you walk in the classroom, like we're going to look for people. And how do you think the kid felt when you shoved past them? You know, oh, yeah, that, that, how would you feel? Oh, not good. Okay, so what can we do to make this right? You know, I can apologize or whatever. And you start building and you're teaching that child That's skills right. that you want them to learn anyway in life.
0: So as they grow older, they actually become more respectful and they understand.
1: Yeah, so, so sorry, back to your question about the bully, what I found so many times where I would talk to the one kid, then I would talk to the other kid, and then I actually talked to them together because so many times it would be kind of back and forth. They kind of were both doing something that hurt each uh-huh. other's feelings, uh, you know. Um, and a lot of times it was, hey, you know, Joey, did you know what you did or said? kind of really upset, how did that make you feel? And you let that kid explain how it made it feel so that other kid can hear them. And then you say to the other kid like, did you know that what you did or said, how it would make them feel? How would that make you feel? And they share it. And I always would call parents later and be like, this is what happened. But but I just want you to know that I think they gained more of an understanding of each other. And that's that's huge. That perspective taking is huge and it doesn't always come easily to a lot of kids. Some kids we have to like it, actually teach them teach that them. skill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and and they walked away understanding that their actions really affected that other child or mm-hmm. they learned something more about that child because they said something and nine times out of ten when they said that to another kid they weren't bothered by it but that did bother this kid oh that's good to know okay you know and they're learning to navigate these things with with um their peers that that's that's the skill we want them to have for life right Navig- place. It
0: takes, does it take them a few times to get it or usually they Understand right away.
1: When I talk to them individually and then bring them together, I can sense this like level of understanding that, mm-hmm. you know, is a piece of the whole growth process on their their road, right? On their their journey and their growing up years. So I think each time you're able to do that, it helps them learn that skill just a little bit more and and be aware of others, which is which is what we want our kids to grow up and be citizens and be good citizens and take, take, take someone else's perspective. Like that's huge. That's so beautiful.
0: Oh, it is. Now does, does that approach work for like kindergarten children and, you know, the the younger, the younger child, or is it more for the teenager or or like, say from nine up?
1: I would say, it's, it's, it's for any age. I mean, my experience is K to five, but in the training that I've gotten in the collaborative problem-solving approach, it's, it's elementary, middle, high school. Um, it's helped me work through issues with my colleagues and even with parents when they call and they're upset about something, um, you know, my, one of my first questions is help me understand. I like to go back to the teacher, the parents with uh-huh. this, help me understand. And it's just see, really seeking first to understand right we kind of know that adage but it's really but then really what does that look like and that's where this process really breaks it down so i've used it from in my experience kindergarten through fifth grade at this point now do
0: most parents understand what you what you're doing or do they or do they become defensive you know with well, the child's behavior
1: um you know i always tell parents that you know, we used it as a teachable moment and I'll share the consequence in place, but the parents appreciate that you're listening to their child, you're not just going on the act in the moment because a lot of times there's a story to it. And I have um, used this approach for years as an assistant principal, now as a principal, I don't use it as, as frequently as I did with, with dealing with behaviors as an assistant principal. But that's why I started the podcast. That's why I started this group that um, I'm, I'm actually uh, hosting a course starting next month in October to really help parents because I think there's some simple strategies and simple these techniques that they might be able to learn to really help them um, because I've heard so many parents say they struggle and they just want to know how to help their kid.
0: Well, that's it. So do you feel it's more about a, a connection with that child rather than just to correct them in, in, in their behavior?
1: Yeah, because, you know, you can correct them in that moment. <clears throat> but I think what we're teaching them is, is, a, is a skill they're going to use for life. Life, mm-hmm. which is so important. Uh, so you, you could you could have your kid act right because you said, don't do this. This is what I taught you, okay. blah, 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 blah. But all that problem solving skill and perspective taking and relationship building that it creates between you and your child, I think has so much more, you reap so many more invested um, results from that for them growing up that I think it's just so powerful. It's powerful.
0: I know my, my daughter was a teacher many years ago and in her class, she would also practice silence, a few minutes of just silence. And of course, at the very beginning, they still made noise and they couldn't really sit still. But then all of a sudden, they loved that five minutes of just being. And and I know you practice the mindfulness in your uh, teachings.
1: Yes, Barbara, this is so beautiful and so powerful, too. So um, I became the principal four years ago when our principal had moved on to another school and she had started before she left teaching the kids about positive affirmations and they would actually do the finger touch points I am peace and they would touch uh-huh. each finger with their thumb I am beautiful and then I found a picture book one of my paraprofessionals gave it to me by Louise Hay oh, yes. called uh-huh. I think I am mm-hmm. and it takes everyday ordinary scenarios of kids and flips it for them to say a positive affirmation or think it in that situation. I still read that book to classes. Some of the kids are like, you read that to us last year. And I'm like, and I need the reminder again too. So if you don't mind, I'm going to read it again for us. Like things like I left my sweater, you know, in such and such place. I always forget everything. Okay. Let's let's flip that around. You know what I make today great. And these simple affirmations to the point where a fourth grader one year said, Dr. J, can you read one of those affirmations with us every day on the morning announcements? So for a whole year, we would say an affirmation every morning as a school. And we took one. Oh, it was so beautiful. And then one of my school counselors heard of a mindfulness program at a neighboring school. So we put together some grant money. We brought her in and piloted it in first grade. The teachers were like, oh my goodness, my kids are like really into this. We have to bring it back to the whole school. So the year COVID went, the year we went home in COVID, the 1920 school year, she came and finished her nine weeks in every class. And she had a survey to the second and fifth graders, and the self reporting of about 40% of the kids saying they slept better at night, such and such percent. Said it helped them calm down. Mm-hmm. I, I, some like eighty some percent were like, we think this should be taught to other kids. I was like, wait, there is something proactive in this approach. I have been waiting for another program to come in or people to come in to help with mental health needs of kids that just continue to be on the rise. Taking something as simple as anxiety. And I, to me, it was like this, this, this magic, uh, you know, potion or something to the point where I went and got two trainings done so that I could also teach the lessons to the kids. And, and still to this day, they'll ask for me to come in and, and do a breath, a breath work with them. Like, like we do a finger breath or ball breath. And um, I, I can't ever like let this go now. Like I've seen it have such a benefit for the kids. They would go home and tell their parents about it. You can't even get a kid to go home and tell you what they learned in school that day. <laughs> I know, let alone be calm. Mm-hmm. And they would be like, mom, let me show, I think you need to take, let's take a ball breath together. I mean, Barbara, it was incredible. So if we could teach tools, teach kids those tools now, imagine how much further they would be um, because of the stress we handle in life yeah. as you get older and older.
0: And the social media is its just out of control. Oh, it's, it's just, its they're always on their phone.
1: Yeah, it's too but, much.
0: how how do you get them to stop being on their phone? I mean, it it amazes me.
1: Yeah, and even, you know, I I ran a parent um, book club with uh, Dr. Michelle Borba's book, Thrivers, the seven teachable skills to help kids thrive even when they face trauma or they don't. It was the Mm -hmm. same out of a study out of Hawaii. They tracked these kids for 40 years and there were were these skills they pulled out that if, if we can, and we can teach these kids and in, in one of the um, book study nights, the parent was like, how do I get my kid off? Well, for young kids, sometimes it's the games, mm-hmm. the computer games, the yes, online yes. games. And they, they're they like, how do I do it? And, and she, she came on one of the nights with us and she's like, you just gotta like set your boundary. Like, here's your time frame. I'm gonna take it away. You know, I know there's not gonna be a fight if we both walk into this knowing, you know, the parameters. And she was like, you just have to, as, as a parent, you gotta stand up and just it's find it's- other things they're interested in. And slowly get them involved in other things mm-hmm. to help substitute where maybe that is their go-to and their only go-to. Well, I
0: think what the 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 challenge is is that parents is some of them are so busy that they actually give the child a phone or an iPad to keep them quiet.
1: Yeah, and, I got a and- I got a call here, they give it to them, you know? And 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 I know at the heart of it the parents don't. They don't want to do that. That's not, you know, in the end, that wasn't their goal or their what they hoped would happen. And then mm-hmm. unfortunately, you know, they the kids rely on it, or they want it, or they won't do anything unless they have that. And then, yeah, you have, you know, a whole, whole other host of issues there.
0: I know. And I know the the whole year of many of them just being home, because I know here in California, the schools were closed for a whole year. And I have grandchildren, and well, one is a Marine, he's 24 years old, so he's in Africa, we don't see him. But the other ones are in college and high school. They had a very challenging time constantly being you know, on the Zoom.
1: Right, yes, yeah. And, and very you know, hard. Yeah, you don't get that connection, you don't get that in-person no. connection or feedback. It can feel very isolating, it's just very you know, one-dimensional and it was really hard. It was really hard for these kids
0: i hope this year's well it started out okay so hopefully it stays where, where are you where, where are you located in, in delaware on the east coast in delaware okay yeah, yeah. I'm here in california so i'm hoping i'm not hoping i'm praying that schools stay
1: open yes and the kids love being in school mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so how How would you, how do you see your,
0: your mindful program or the programs that you are doing actually becoming available in the United States? Because actually everyone needs to learn what you, what you are teaching your students.
1: Yeah. I mean, Barbara, when I saw this data of what these kids were self-reporting, a kid was taking a test, told me he couldn't remember the answer. He remembered his mindfulness lesson. He stopped. He took three deep breaths he went back to the question and he was able to finish the test. That is powerful. Who wouldn't want their kid to learn and find a strategy like that, that works for them. Another parent was like, my kid has had a swim meet. She gets nervous. The coach is loud and, and she gets stressed out. And, and she sat there and she she practiced some of her breasts that she'd learned in school. And she just totally did well on her her, her swimming. And the mom was like, if you see her have an extra mountain her stuff today, that's why thank you for the mindfulness program. Like, wow. Right. So I started creating videos uh, for kids that they could oh. watch the lessons because okay. Okay. they were some of the lessons that I was doing with the kids in school. So if you, as a parent or a teacher, you're like, I'd love to do this, but I don't know what I'm doing, or I don't know if I could do it well enough. Um, if you go on my website, www.educationalimpactacademy.com, if you click on blog on the right-hand side, there's a free video that you could see what it's like for kids. And there's an adolescent video because I created adolescent videos as well. Um, so that's one way that we can start getting it out there because even if the teachers don't have it, then at least they could put on a video and try it and see if the, how the kids respond to it. Because Barbara, I had a kid in first grade who was upset was brought to the office because he lost out on some class reward because he was not being great. I forget why this other little friend who had his troubling moments as well came with him. And the little friend was like, you gotta do your, your breathing with Dr. J. We gotta like take a breath together. And like he was coaching him and he's the one who needed coaching most days, right? So I said to the kid like, well, do you wanna do, you know, the ball breath or the finger breath? This is just to get them calm and in control of their body. And he was like, no, I don't wanna do that. you know. Well, I had just recorded one of my videos. So I pull out my iPad, and I'm like, okay, do you wanna watch a video and we'll do it together? We were doing the same thing. I was just gonna do it in person, but they're fine. Maybe he'll watch a video. I don't know where the idea came from. I put it in front of him. Barbara, do you know he sat there and did it with the, the video? The video. But he wouldn't do it with me live in person, and I'm the same person. I it was <laughs> And I was like, wait, there's something here. So I created videos because some of these kids, like, if that's going to draw you, great. I don't care what helps you, but this will help. And in whatever means and mode we can get it to you, let's do it. And he took his breath following the video. At the end, he was calm and in control of his body. I got to use my whole approach. I heard X, Y, and Z. What's up with that? Okay, the kid feels hurt. He feels, um, you know, um, that someone's empathetic with him and just kind of was like, oh, that, that, yeah, that's really hard. Okay, so what, do we, what can we do to solve that problem X, Y, and Z? And then we go through the whole process, the rest of that process together. Um, so, so I created videos that can help if you want to access one and see it. And then there's some for sale on the website if, if that's something you notice your kid kind of responds to sure. mm-hmm. um, so yeah we're just trying to find more and more ways to make it you know more accessible, more accessible.
0: More are, are most ready. teachers on board with it
1: you know there's some that it takes a little bit more than most um, mm-hmm. when we piloted it in the first grade uh, group uh, one of the teachers came to me at the end and was like I was totally not into this and very skeptical of like, what is she teaching us? Mm-hmm. And at the end of that eight week course, she was like, that was the best thing. We need to keep teaching this to kids. And she started using the practices with her own kids in her own family. Wow! And she's mm-hmm. the one I had talked to the staff the following year when we wanted to bring it to all the kids, because that, that was just incredible to see. Isn't that amazing? It is. So I'm now awesome. your your whole
0: school, where you are, practice they they practice this.
1: Yes. Uh, are yes. there other
0: schools in in the in the you know back east the area that are finally getting into it?
1: Yes, um, there are some schools. Yes, there's a group of teachers in the south of Delaware that go and 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 also teach these same lessons from the Mindful Schools program that we learned from, and some of the schools um, in northern Delaware that I'm aware of. And um, I mean, look how, look how um, the word mindfulness has just taken off, like it is mm-hmm. everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. And really it's just helping kids learn and, and as adults, just stopping to become aware. And in those lessons, you, you just talk about, what do you notice, what do you, what do you hear right now? What do you, sometimes you, you do a tasting lesson, you do, you know what do you notice in your body? And then what do you notice? And you give them cert- cert- certain situations and it's all about gratitude. Kindness, compassion, traits that you want the kids to know and embody and embolden Mm -hmm. as as good citizens anyway. And um, yeah, they're feeling more.
0: They feel. Mm -hmm.
1: Yes. And just to be in tune, you know, look how much self care we're working on with adults, teachers, you know, the problem of burnout. I mean, it's all monitoring our stress. And if we can help kids notice that at, at a young age, and, and do things that are scientifically proven, like when you do take a deep breath, you are helping your body relax from that fight or flight freeze mode. You do think and act differently than you do in that instant being, you know, just emotionally charged or you flipped your lid. Some people call it and I call it freaked out.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it, it, you know, And the thing is the breathing works in so many other cases, you know, back, I mean, this is going back in the 60s, you probably weren't nearly born yet. (laughs) But uh, I worked at Roosevelt Hospital. And we worked in personnel. And we our offices were right next to the emergency room, which so it was very stressful. Everyone in personnel smoked. And And I back then, I would occasionally go out and and smoke with them, even though I knew it was not a good thing to do. And then one day I went out with them and I was just, all right, I'm not going to do what what they're doing. Um, And so I just stood there and started breathing, just started to breathe. And of course, they all looked at me. They didn't say anything. They still continued to smoke. And then I when we all came back in, I said to them, you know, why don't we just play a game for the next few days? Let's not smoke, go out. And and then of course they would tell me, oh, but I'm so stressed and I I feel so anxiety, you know, all that, those feelings. I said, let's just concentrate on our breathing. And we will all go out. So I concentrate on the breathing. And then I had said to them, do you realize that It's not the cigarette that's making you feel relaxed. It's your breathing. It's the breathing in and exhaling. And I swear to you, after about, it was about maybe 10 days of doing this, they all became non-smokers. And I said, all right, I need to really get in in touch with myself. And that's when actually I, I, you know, um, worked there for quite many years and then uh uh, worked for general nutrition centers and i realized that if, if you want your your staff to do well you need to treat them with kindness and understand them and and show them gratitude and appreciation and i would give them affirmations just like what you were saying and i we were number one in sales and i mind you i I supervised Brooklyn, Queens, Long Island, Staten Island, all the really rough areas, Backies. We were number one because I treated them the way they should be treated. Mm-hmm. And I understood if they had a problem. So, you know, the mindfulness, I mean, going back a few years ago, they every people would say, oh, mindfulness, oh, that's like, you know, an, a new age thing. Mm-hmm. It's just breathing, it's understanding and feeling. That your breath, which many times, would, it's just a natural thing to do. But when we, again, become mindful and we take those deep breaths, it actually helps us relax. You have more concentration, more focus. You feel better. So, you know, teaching this to children, I mean, I am like, I got to get you everywhere. (laughs) This is like so exciting for me. You know, just someone it, like
1: you, it's two part because you're teaching it to kids. But yet, when I started doing it for myself, I mean, I I exercise and I thought that was a good stress mm-hmm. management. endorphins, like I feel great. Oh, sure. But when I started just sitting in the mornings and just taking some deep breaths, mm-hmm. sitting in, 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 in the mindfulness mindful schools program in the in the two courses I took, they they have you build like two minutes of silence, four minutes of silence, tw- up uh, twenty minutes of silence. And when I would, would would do those practices of just sitting and breathing in stillness and quiet, my mind would get to a place of such calm that I had never experienced dealing with all the stress as a school principal, teachers, kids, parents, needs, wants, upset, you know, celebrations, etc. It was the number one thing that helped me. And I was like, whoa, this is so powerful. Like, I can't come back from this. I've got to figure out a way to share it with more kids and experience it. And it's funny. My secretary came in my office one day and I was sitting there doing my finger <laughs> breath, which it, it, if you can see or can't see, it's just putting your hands out like, like the number five and breathing in when you go up to follow your finger to the top of your thumb. And then you breathe out when you come down and go up. I, I just had to do it because of, of something someone said, or it just kind of like really shook me a little bit. And, and, and I, I need to get back to that place of centeredness, and I always say you only have so much energy in a day. And then I recognize I'm not going to spend any more negative energy on that. On that it's thought, and it just can be changed, or if it's something I can or can't control, and really helping me stopping to breathe really puts things in perspective for me. Where sometimes your just mind just can take you totally downhill way fast, and and your energy goes with it.
0: Oh, well, without a doubt. And, and by breathing, we feel more grounded and centered and balanced. And we're able to accomplish so much more. And, and the stress levels actually go to zero in most cases. Instead yeah. of taking medication because you're anxious or stressed, if you do some mindfulness, you'd be surprised. That's a whole different world. I mean, it 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 just helps. And and it's not a new age thing. It's it, it's something that should be taught everywhere, I feel, you know, and, and the kids they, you know are loving it. Now, my I have two teenagers. Um uh actually I have four teenagers, of which two practice the mindfulness and they breathe and they're into the yoga. And I see a difference in them versus two years ago. They're calm and they're able to deal with their challenges on a different level. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, so powerful. So any parent or um, guardian listening, just Mm -hmm. the next time your kid gets upset or you get upset or you get the dreaded call from school that your kid did something wrong, the first thing for yourself is just take, take a deep breath, take three deep breaths. Your mind literally will react and respond differently than if you react and respond in that moment like they're literally those 10 seconds it changes everything it's it's, it, mm-hmm. it's it's the science and mechanics in your brain um so just try that one thing commit to yourself that when your kid get, does something that upsets and frustrates you just commit that you're not going to talk to them when they're still upset or when you're upset if you just make that one shift just try that one shift this week you'll start seeing yourself able to maybe maneuver something in a way with them and engage in a posi- more positive way more positive way mm-hmm. than you have up until this point, even if you don't know, you know, the other steps to take. Just try well, just, just start with that one.
0: Well that's in and the breathing actually pauses, you know, gives you that pause where instead of that reaction that could be very damaging, you you're taking a step back. Because in most cases it's not nearly as bad as what we think it is.
1: Yeah. And then what happens afterwards, like we hosted international students for 10 years. So it's funny because I don't have kids, but I have 620 kids at school Uh and we've, we've had international students live with us for the past 12 years. And, and I would take them to school in the morning. They'd be late getting in the car. I was supposed to have a meeting and I, you know, we all know what that feels like. And I would just, lash out at them and then but you feel so bad afterwards and that and then you regret and then you have to go back and talk and apologize and try to mend that and and you know after you live it you're like that wasn't really worth it and you know you kind of like get upset at yourself and this this will really start helping you catch that and and your kids will benefit from this now where can anyone find this you know your programs so um, a good place to start is my website. It's mm-hmm. www.educationalimpactacademy.com. And I'll share this with you so Barbara, you can put it in the notes for them to reference, or they can find me on Facebook, Karn on on Twitter and Instagram. And if you DM me just for your listeners, if they DM me that they heard this podcast episode, I'll send them a free happiness journal that I created that they can, they can print for each month. And it just kind of helps them come back to some things in their family that can help them um, stay kind of connected with their kid and, and something I created, I think they'll enjoy. And if you go to my website on the front page, you, if you put your email in and you want to subscribe to my blog weekly, then um, there's a free... Uh, first steps to happy kids that I did a a video series and it walks you through these steps a little bit more in depth than what I got to today. Um, So yeah, go to my website. If you click on my blog on the right-hand side, check out one of those um, mindfulness lessons, do it with your kid, do it with you, see how your kid responds. Um, But yeah, it's just, I just want to help more and more families in, in a positive way through some of the most difficult moments you face with them and you're not alone and you don't have to be. And um, I, I, you know, I'd love to help you. I'd love to embark on this journey with you or work with you over time to help you and, and learn it to master it. So you, you can feel successful in, in navigating when your kid shuts down or they have a tantrum or they get in trouble at school or they struggle um, and there's, there's help out of it and, and you don't have to feel helpless at a loss anymore.
0: And I I really feel most uh, parents feel helpless because they don't have the tools.
1: Yeah, and there are some simple ones that you can learn to help you. It might not be the only thing you end up needing because therapy and um, Mm -hmm. they all have their place. But um, maybe just to help empower you as a mom a little bit more. Um, I know it helped me and made help me feel like I could understand kids more and really help them. And I know that's what each parent wants. It's what each teacher really wants at their heart. We, we all want the same thing. And sometimes it looks a little unique getting there, um, but yeah, our kids deserve it and, and, and let's give it to them.
0: And, and you have a, a workshop coming up soon.
1: Yes. So in October, I'm starting a weekly six-week live course on Zoom. Um, And if you go to my website, uh, the registration form pops up right on the front page. If you're interested or you want to look into it further. And what I noticed when I ran, um, even though it was just a book study in, in the spring, like parents just loved the opportunity to talk with other parents and teachers. And it's kind of like a little affinity group where they can feel safe to be open and learn together and it's not just like me talking the whole time it's us learning from each other and uh, the more I've done this work I've realized how much parents want that kind of um, support and where, where they want to share also the things that you've learned that can help other parents and um, so it's a really beautiful opportunity uh, to work together and experience kind of a community where you feel supported and you're not alone and, and, and it's positive and we all want the same thing. And um, so if it sounds like something you're interested, I'd love to see you there um, or message me if you want some more information. And um, yeah, I just wanna help you improve the relationship with your kid and um, like I said, even if they're having a difficult moment and it might not be their whole life, it might just be a point in time, um, mm-hmm. but there is hope for you and you don't have to feel alone and it's okay that you don't have the answer and you and, and get frustrated at times, it's okay. Um, I've been there and um, there's, there's help through on the other side. Oh, gee, thank you so much. I mean,
0: this, uh, everyone should, should learn this and not just children, because I, I, I feel in my heart if parents become more mindful, uh, the child will be able to calm down. Yes. And the household will be different.
1: Yes. That's so powerful what you said, Barbara, because we are mirrors to our kids. So mom, if you're upset and freaked out, don't, don't be surprised. Your kid's going to continue being freaked out and, and... But even when you get freaked out inside, if you can keep your calm and cool and take a deep breath to help you stay calm and in control of your own body, our own bodies, even though we use that for kids, your child will eventually mirror you and then they can get to a place where they can talk through what really happened to learn from it or identify maybe something you need to be taught or a problem to be solved that you could you know, problem solve together and, and, and we talk about those in our next, next steps. Do you, do you feel some men are actually
0: beginning to learn this too.
1: Uh, it's funny. I have a grandfather who reached out, <laughs> and they were using the practices and what they were learning with their grandkids, even. So yes, I, I say I primarily like you know my work is for moms and empowering moms, but um, that doesn't mean a guardian isn't listening. Right. And and when I talk with parents, it's usually. The mom and the dad, you know, when the kids are in trouble in school and, and they are, they're so appreciative and they, they find the value in it and they're so grateful. And, um, and sometimes it's just a kid has a bumpy year, you know, and it, that was just really rough for them, you know? And, and so when we pull through this on the other side, it's so sweet, you know, cause the parents are just like, thank you so much. Like. Oh, like it gives them hope because it can feel really daunting when your kid's not doing well in school. And, and I mean, the one parent, God bless her, she didn't even show up at the curriculum open house night cause she was so embarrassed cause her kid had done something in school to another kid. Like, it's so real. Like this is what parents are feeling and going through. And, and, and I just encourage them like, like please tell them, you know, I miss them. And I don't see, I don't see them because of what their kid did, you know, but it, it's hard. And, and sometimes we feel that way as parents or we might feel that way. And it doesn't have to be that way. And, and how awesome would that be to have people come and support you in that way? Oh, to me, that's just so beautiful and huge.
0: Oh, without a doubt. I know I actually use the breathing with some of my clients before I do a session because they come in and they're all over the place. <laughs> so we need to just chill out for a few minutes. I mean, and it can only be a minute or two. And it, it, it amazes me how all of a sudden their energy shifts. So yeah, if, you know, we need to do this for our children, we need to help our kids. We they do. Really, yeah, yeah, they, they so. need to help and they need to, well, if they can, you know, stop with this, just calm down with the social media, you yeah. know, because that's, uh, that's very challenging.
1: And your mind, sometimes hard to turn your mind off. We, we did this, on, and I, I don't want to take too much of your time, but we did you know, this, brief this activity, <laughs> um, with some of, Actually, I, I, I got this activity when I was at one of my principal meetings before the school year started. And I, I, I then did it at a faculty meeting last week. So if you're listening to this podcast, this is something you can try this week. Put your hands on your heart and close your eyes if that helps and just take, take a deep breath and think of someone in your life who, who just loves you, just unconditionally, your mom, your spouse, your grandmother, anybody, put them in your mind And then let yourself think of one thing that they're saying today to encourage you, support you, love you, and let that thought come to you and just fill your heart with such love and appreciation. And yes, you can do this mom or whoever's listening. You you can get through this moment. You can get through this day. And it was such a beautiful activity. when I when I did it over the summer, the, the phrase that came to me was, um, "I have everything I need." And I was like, "Okay, mm-hmm. I can do this. Whatever I'm facing today, I can get through this." And it's just such a simple little little activity. But um, maybe try that this week, and it's just part of taking care of yourself.
0: That's self-care. what it is, and what, we can do anything we actually set our minds to do. So yeah, and if we learn your mindfulness and the breathing and having children understand that they're not really bad, that they're just having an off day. Uh, I I feel in my heart, the world would be a much better, more peaceful place to live in.
1: Wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. It would.
0: Well, boy, thank you so much for (laughs) being here today. Um, Give your website again and and where they can uh, find you.
1: So it's Educational Impact Academy, so www.educationalimpactacademy.com. You can get my free video course on that page and just click on the blog and you can get the um, free mindfulness lesson there. And you can find me on Facebook with Karn Jacobowski, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and uh, private message me. And I'd love to share a free happiness journal that I created for you and your family, and um, yeah, Barbara, thank you so much for the opportunity and- um, Thank you. Pleasure being here and speaking well, with we,
0: you. We, we, we need today. to uh, get this word out to everyone so that uh, these, these kids can really understand how to feel calm, balanced, and loved. Yeah. That's what it's really all about. But thank you again so much for, for uh, taking time out of, I know you are very, very busy schedule. And uh, I want to just thank my listeners today. And um, uh, I hope that uh, you actually heard what you needed to hear, because I know this was a very powerful podcast uh, interview for me. And uh, we need to love our children. We need to appreciate them and and show them that we care and to help them feel more calm and balanced and centered. so again, thank you so much for listening. And if you want to get in touch with me, visit me on my website, motivateyourlife.net, or you can subscribe to my YouTube channel, Barbara Savin, And there, there are some MP3s for relaxation, for grounding, sleep, and, and many others. And also please uh, subscribe to this channel, The Spiritual Warrior Coach. Um, so again, you know, if you're interested in... Uh, learning more about myself and my guests, uh, when this goes live on YouTube, you'll have all the information that you need. So again, thank you for listening and have a beautiful day filled with love and with light. Love, Barbara.